Hey guys, Ryan here. Just a quick heads up. This episode is sensitive in nature. As with many of these episodes in our series on sex talks, you want to make sure that any young ears are not within earshot. So maybe listen at another time or put some earphones in. Either way, we hope you enjoyed this episode and just wanted to give you that quick warning before it starts. Enjoy. wants a red hot or boiling passionate sex life right oh, baby. <laughs> not that it has to always be that way but i think that's kind of the desire right yeah you don't want just like not boiling well, sexy time <laughs> i think it's safe to say that yeah it's safe to say that most healthy couples and healthy is a big caveat in there because there could be a lot of reasons why you don't, you know, you maybe feel like you don't want to get close to your spouse at a given moment. Yeah. But if you're in a healthy place, I think it's safe to say that we want to experience passionate. It's a good desire. Intimacy with yeah, one another. That's a, a good thing. desire. Yeah. Now, does it have to happen? You said this it doesn't have to be like that every time, but there's a good balance and there's a good appetite for it, I think, in healthy couples. And so to that end. Um, we've been stricken by this idea. We had an interview, uh, I think, last week with Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleda, maybe it was two weeks ago, about their new book, Married Sex. And one of the topics that we talked about and is discussed in their book is this idea of sexual simmering. And that was something that was new to us. And as we heard Gary talk about that and we processed through it in our own lives, we realized, man, this is a really, really cool concept. So let's bring this to the podcast. Let's let's expand on it a little bit. Let's explain it. And that's what we're going to do today. So we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So yeah, as, as I mentioned, this interview with Gary Thomas and Deborah Faleda continues to, I think, encourage us. It encourages our listeners that, like, like I said, it was posted a few weeks back. Look, I think two episodes prior to this one. Um, but as I was working through the extra content, because we have, uh, there's a second session that we, that we did another part of the interview that we did with Gary and Deborah, that is part of gospel centered marriage. It's our mm-hmm. online le- learning ecosystem. And, um, and as they talked through it, I just continued to be encouraged by the language that they're adding yeah. to this conversation yeah. and this idea of simmering and what that could mean. Hopefully our conversation about mm-hmm. simmering, uh, will enlighten you and encourage you but more than that just kind of get you on a a different path of um, approaching sex they didn't ask us to do this extra little piece uh but before we do that as i always do uh, leave a rating and review that helps us a ton if you want to partner with us just go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner and you'll find some options there we just ask that you do two things you pray about it and if god leads you then you would uh, respond to his leadership Mm. in that area of course, we'll continue doing the content regardless. Uh, it's a joy to do this. We will continue doing this as long as the Lord allows it. And I'm so thankful that we get to do it with um, and be on mission with other like-minded couples. Um, so Sacred Simmering was this article. <laughs> yes, um, you can check it out on fiercemarriage.com uh, slash sacred simmering. Actually, that'll help you find sweet. it. <laughs> and that was an article. It was an excerpt from the book Gary offered. And so, uh, like I said, in the intro and then as we're leading up to this, this was a profound concept for us. And I think it 
it might be helpful at this point just to clearly define it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you might be hearing like, this, you're like, this saying? is completely new to me. I don't know what this means. Because when I hear the word simmering, I think smoldering. 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 Simmering. I I did not think when I heard the word simmering, I'm like, yeah, I've simmered a lot. Like, <laughs> not, but not in this <laughs> yeah. way, right? Where it's some, I think a friend of ours had a, a word for the year was like to unsimmer or something, like not in <laughs> this form, but to just cool to, your jets. Yeah, cool your jets, basically. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like, so simmering is this idea that uh, you've, you, you are, well, it's easier to bring water to a boil if it's already simmering as opposed to bringing ice cold water up to a boil. It takes a lot more energy, a lot more time to go from ice cold to boiling. And if you keep a low grade simmer, all you got to do is crank up the heat just a little bit more and you get a full rolling boil, right? Uh, I like smoldering. I know smoldering is something that, you know, guys will do is when they're trying to look, <laughs> look, um, you know, it's twofold. <laughs> but the point that I like smoldering because you think about an actual fire. You know, we have a little uh, kind of fire pit in our backyard, and sometimes when I'm working in the backyard, I'll start kind of a, a, a fire, and it'll just burn kind of for two or three hours, and I just will add wood to it, and it's really, I like how it smells, I like that it's warm on a cool fall day, you can go up and warm up your hands, and sometimes the coals will just begin to smolder. There's not a flame, but there are hot coals there, mm-hmm. and it just kind of, a, it's still hot, but it's not, you know, it's not fully on fire. And I'll just add a little bit of wood to it and the flame, it'll burst into flames. And I love that. And this analogy, you know how I love analogies. It takes, I always tell our girls this, what are the three ingredients that fire requires? You need fuel, you need heat or energy, and you need oxygen. So if you think about uh, this is we're adding energy mm. to the, whether the, the boiling pot or to the fire, uh, we're, we're consistently investing energy into it to keep it at this level of heat mm. to keep the heat going um, and it takes energy if you, if you t- if you stop adding energy or if you stop adding fuel then that energy will eventually dissipate but we have to continue adding energy by way of fuel and that will create uh, more heat and then sometimes the oxygen could be um, you know the conversations around right, it right you're, you're actually talking about this stuff and it brings life to it and then when you want to bring it to a full-blown flame then you just would throw you know, throw the logs on the fire, <laughs> throw the kindling on there, and then just enjoy the heat. <laughs> yes, yes. So we'll, we'll stick with the simmering analogy. But I like the smoldering one to, to make a quick contrast. So Yeah, I. so Gary kind of starts this article a little bit about talking, uh, you know, young, not young, I'd say in their 30s and 40s, right, Christian couples um, in this 21st century era that we find ourselves in there's just not it feels like there's not a lot of time and energy left over to kind of enjoy sex and I think um, that's one of the pieces that they really hone in on Mm -hmm. in their book uh, because just where we find ourselves and so um, when he mentions you know hotel sex he says there's just two main reasons and like what Ryan said is that time and energy right like Mm -hmm. if if we're it's harder to kind of turn on that switch, <laughs> that sexual switch of. Wait, wait, what do you mean hotel sex and why? Oh, it, sorry. What What was he talking about? He there? was saying, um, or vacation sex. I think it's it's more of like there's in no some way. yeah there's no distractions. You have more time and energy, uh, ideally, right? Um, to be able to just kind of engage and be together uh, and get to that boiling point. Um, you have more time, I guess. It's funny because I feel. Like anytime we go on a vacation, I feel that you feel that I have expectations for the hotel sexual experience. Like it's going to be, you know, everything. Yeah, not family vacations. That's just a whole Well, no, yeah. (laughs) But when we do, you know, retreats and things, 
And I, so that's a different dynamic for me. Cause I feel, I feel your expectation and the weight that puts on you. And I'm like, how do I diffuse this? <laughs> but also we, you know, take advantage it's of this kind opportunity of a, that we have. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we all got to come around at some point to just kind of recognize the opportunity. And so, and, but he does talk about that, you know, that, that you, you have a couple that has a few kids and there's always kind of these windows. I think we recognize that as a couple, like, Hey, there's this window of time that we could engage in our sexual activities as a married couple. And, uh, it's, it's difficult because one may be in the mood, one may not, or you may only have that window and things just aren't moving along that quickly. Right. So how do we, how do we, I need at least 30 minutes Sim- of snuggling before Selena. It's, it's not just, can't just bring me to a boil, Selena. Right, I need right. some snuggles. And so this idea of simmering is, uh, like he said, he said his amateur definition is just letting sexual tension kind of build without bringing it to a boil. It's it's the four foreplay, right? It's not foreplay, four, it's four, four foreplay. So four. pre-foreplay, if that makes sense. So I want to contrast this with, I think, a popular notion within yeah. Christian circles. I see this on different marriage ministries and things, and I think it's well-intentioned, and so I don't want to read intentions into it. But it's this idea that everything in your relationship is foreplay. Uh, I, I'm tiring. I'm contrasting this. <laughs> so, like, so what that does is that means that any like the, the the ultimate experience for a married couple is to have sex together. That's what that is saying. That when I do the dishes, it's foreplay. When I am nice to you, it's foreplay. When I send you a text, it's foreplay. When I Whatever, whatever the thing is, it's all foreplay. I don't think that's the case. I think there's more to a married couple's life than just getting everything leading into the bedroom and every motive being fueled by Absolutely. this desire for sex. Well, because so, love is not just sex, right? I don't think simmering is that, though. I think no, simmering, simmering is something very different Absolutely. that could seem like what I just described. But simmering is more... Uh, of a of a very clear anticipation, and we see this in the Bible. We're going to read some of Song well, of Solomon. Well, it's clear and sorry, it's clear and anticipating for like the day that you guys have set that aside. So I think that hmm. yes, it, you could argue that everything you know, all acts of service are like foreplay. But again, I don't I don't see that because then it just becomes manipulation. I think there's love, so, and love leads to yes deeper expressions of love. It could, yeah, which usually you can't can, label everything foreplay. Yeah. What the simmering? What makes this different is that it's on those days you are basically starting the sexual uh, activity early like right from the get-go as far as and what does that look like it's not like you're just yep okay I'm out of bed let's do it it's identifying that okay they have a good example of the difference between foreplay and simmering okay because there is a difference um, he has this, he gives an example of a couple that has like four young children um, their sex life took a nosedive and they're both like sad and frustrated about it they weren't judging each other but they're just kind of disappointed at where they hmm. were um, they were always feeling tired and just kind of overwhelmed um, and when the moment would arise or the opportunity it's just like maybe one of them was ready but the other wasn't and it's just hard to not be distracted by right. the fact that like this window could close at any moment I think you've all been there especially if we have young kids yeah you've all known okay it's time for us to connect <laughs> and here you but, are like sitting in the middle of a thousand pieces of laundry and like he's coming in from like doing work outside or something like it just it feels so forced sometimes i had one of those moments the other night where i was just like night times are like the worst time They're hot. because we're so tired right now in this season yes and all day long i'm simmering <laughs> and then it's time to crank up to a boil and it's like there's just no more there's fuel no more energy. In the tank. <laughs> i crank it up to boil and the fire goes out <laughs> 
<laughs> so I can I can definitely relate with Erica and her husband Timothy. Yeah, these which are the the example Gary gave. So then what? Okay, so they had this this scenario right. unfolding. So then the counselor suggested planning kind of their times of sexual activity, which is not a new idea, right? We're all like, oh yeah. But they thought that was horrible, which I would agree with. She's like, the last thing I need is another task on my to-do list, right? Erica's complaining, and she says, that only makes things worse. But the key here is, and this is what we're trying to lead up to, is that when the counselor explained the concept of simmering sex, uh, I just want to read this. Uh, It says, so she urged them to wed that concept of simmering sex with planned sex. She said, make the entire day a routine of getting ready for sex. And the call of duty, quote unquote, that Erica feared became a hot appointment she didn't want to miss. Interesting. Yeah. So my initial reaction to this is, okay, I get the idea, but can you really live an entire day of every week, like just in prep for sex? Is it all consuming or is it more low grade than that? Like he, in the example, talks about maybe the shower routine changed or she's wearing different clothing. Well, it says that that she prepares her heart or i don't know what, <laughs> I like what I don't, clearly you haven't finished the entire article i read yet, it i'm trying not to read it verbatim here on the podcast but no some examples of of this are um you know you have a assuming that you've talked about and had a conversation about designating a day or two during the week of when that's going to be your sex day basically or you're going to have sex on those days um monday tuesday wednesday <laughs> sex day friday <laughs> Saturday, sex day, Monday, Tuesday. Um, anyways. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Just planning their day and making it more sensual is what his words were. And it's, it's she thought about, you know, example of this, it might be that she's thinking about what she's going to wear during that day underneath her clothes on the and on the outside. Um, maybe you're sharing some text messages with each other and kind of just like, you know, talking to each other in a sexy way. Um, you have to, I think... So it's, I don't know if I want to give the examples because like he's saying. So I'll jump in okay. because I feel like there's an analogy here in terms of situational awareness. Okay. So our good friends, John and Mrs. Poet Lovell, they don't, I don't know if her name is out there yet, but anyway, they do the warrior poet society. Point is he, me and him have talked about, you know, situational awareness and he does all kinds of videos on it. And sometimes you can just be completely ob- ob- oblivious to your surroundings. You go into a Seven Eleven. And you wouldn't even realize it if, if somebody's holding up the register, sure. right? Uh, whereas if you're on kind of yellow alert, which is you're not paranoid, but you're just, you're looking around, paying attention to what's mm-hmm. around you. This actually helped me in my own walk with the Lord in that I was, as I'm praying, I'm thinking, Holy Spirit, how are you calling me to minister to even strangers that, you know, on the side of the road? Or am I just even listening for your voice all day? Mm-hmm. So in a similar way. You know, not <laughs> are we having situational awareness about our spouse yes, and our love life? That Absolutely. Day a week you can have this yellow awareness where you're not you're not paranoid. <laughs> it, whatever the you're sexual alert. equivalent of that is, you're alert. But you're thinking, how can I just help my wife? You know, what can I say to her that will continue the simmering process? Yeah, and, and I think for a wife, maybe it's just engaging in some of those. Like, it's okay for me to like think about my husband and to like want him and to think you know, mm. I desire him and that is good. And what does that look like? I you know, endorse this, uh, <laughs> this activity. <laughs> so the example they gave was that, you know, the husband, Tim would get home a little early to help with household duties. He took charge so that Erica wouldn't have to make any decisions. Um, and 
because he just identified that you know making lots of decisions are are things that are that don't um, enhance the sexual experience for her. So if he can alleviate um, that, then that was something that would really kind of drive them, keep that simmering, keep the heat and the energy going, right? Right. And so the need for her to kind of experience a momentary escape from decision-making was very helpful. He he identified with her that he had to keep a wide berth between her and um, all of those decision-making tasks Hmm. and whatnot and so over time you know it it, it took some time to kind of figure out what works and um Hmm. what could be more like yeah what was fun for them you know like getting her getting dressed and thinking about what she's wearing and maybe some text messages again and then so it's remove it's not only stoking the fire but it's removing things that could get in the way of it right because I think... And so he's getting home early, whereas he, on a normal Friday, before they had this intentionality about it, he would just get home and, right. you know, maybe expect dinner or that, you know, not that he was being well, I think we're tyrannical just, in that, but... I think we just get in this mode of, like, we're so busy, we just got to get to the next thing, check, 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 and it's like, wow, we're missing a whole day of being able to engage in that desiring of one another, engaging in, hmm. I think... <laughs> thinking about one another and loving each other in that in that way and creating mm. that that heat i guess and creating that that um energy uh, i don't want to sound like new agey i'm just saying like god has given us desires yeah. as husband and wife for each other so why are we just running into the bedroom doing the deed and coming out and like trying to find the time oh, when yeah. there's That's so good. much space in between i think it's a recognition of the time and space that he's given us and sometimes in our minds we can just become glossed over with our schedule Hmm. And we're missing out on these moments throughout the day of where we can be loving towards one another. We're not animals in this. And I think this is what you're talking about. That, that, yeah. there's, we're not just physical beings. We have. And sex an, is um, not just physical. Yes. We have this emotional piece to it. There's a spiritual piece. There's a relational piece. And yes, there's a physical piece. But you think of, um, I don't know, I want to be careful how I word this, but in the wild, right? When mating happens in the wild, it's very abrupt it's just the act is over the instinct is is satisfied it's done and like the 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 female is just like okay well i guess that happened you know i watched a lot of animal shows growing up so (laughs) this was part of my childhood it was just like it that's not the human experience of sex is just okay the time is now let's do it and be done with it and we're we're all kind of just there is a build-up that is unique and we see that in scripture and that's where i want to get to is I'm asking this question as we're talking about it. Where in scripture is this described? Is it warranted? Is it encouraged? And we have the whole book of Song of Solomon. There are other places, but I want to read just this passage. It's Song of Solomon 2, starting in verse 8. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks, and he says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Alive, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. And it goes on. Uh, And of course, we have to sift through some of the 
Old Testament language. Obviously, like the analogies of fig trees and all that kind of stuff is kind of lost on us. There are two things happening here. There's an there's an anticipation. There's this ongoing growth and maturation of mm-hmm. the fruit bearing mm-hmm. plants and vines. It's happening, and then there's this culmination in this time of the ripening. And the ripening, that's the time for harvest. So there's two things, like I said. It's an ongoing simmer, if you will. It's happening in anticipation, the looking through the lattice, the calling one another, the the, the anticipation of springtime. Okay? that That's happening in this passage. There's also a much more, I don't know how to say it, explicit's not the right word, but it's a much more uh, physiological illusion here of the the vines are in blossom, they give forth their fragrance. The fig, the you know, the fig, uh, what is it? The fig tree ripens its figs. That's basically saying, like, I am ready now for you. Mm. Not only is this season coming, but I am ready. And it, so... And it takes time to get to those points of being ready, I think, is a good identifier. Time and anticipation and um, you could argue a certain level of health. In other words, a marital understanding Yeah, when it comes to this, that... Because fig trees won't produce figs if there's not health, and so there won't be growth and, I guess, fruit. And there, I mean, there's a, <laughs> not there's a whole to... bunch to this analogy. I mean, pruning in terms yeah. of you know maintaining our vines yeah. and the the health Keeping between the foxes out, us. right, and all of that conversation. Yeah. yeah, and so there, yeah, there's a lot to be read into that, but not read into it, but pulled out of it, I should say, mm. um, when it comes to this co- this topic of simmering. So. It's not unscriptural. It's not unbiblical. In fact, the Bible is not silent on these things, mm-hmm. especially in simmering. And it's there's a distinct part of human nature that says that warrants this and encourages this. Because we're not just physical. We're not just animals. Like I said, we are multifaceted beings that can intentionally, um, you know, we engage in up, relationship. Engage in ways. Yeah. And so, interesting. I think it's. Yeah, you can't just, again, we've talked about, you know, on our last episode, we talked about even the spectrum of sex and we talked about um, types or modes, I think, of sex. And so some things can take a short amount of time and some things may take longer. It Mm -hmm. it depends on, again, I think there's just, there's nuances and things that you can't anticipate. We cannot control the entire experience, right? Mm -hmm. But what we can do is we can be intentional about how we're approaching um, that moment. Hmm. And so, you know, the Bible doesn't read like, he just came over and was like, hey, lady, let's go. Like, <laughs> you know, it, there's so much more poetry yes. and richness and... Mm, poetry. It, it, and that's telling in that this yeah, is the genre that absolutely. was used. It's, it's a poetic genre. It's not narrative. It's not historical narrative. It's not, <laughs> it's not prophetic narrative. It's not even proverbial wisdom. Yeah. It's poetry. Yeah. Because when it comes to this area of our relationship, it's more akin to poetry than it is yeah. akin to narrative. It's very, yeah. <laughs> and, sorry, I'm just imagining Song of Solomon as a narrative account. It loses. <laughs> it's, it's like Dwight Schrute, thing. like reading something like, like and a poem. And the couple and just... was naked. And then they put their clothes back on and the end. <laughs> right. I mean, God could have created it so much more. Yeah. Um, what's the word? like like the animals like it's just a do and done like it could have been very Very uh, transactional yes and it's it's not like our god created um different yeah senses different ways different reasons and so 
how how silly of us to short circuit hmm. you know what the experience that god would has intended and allowed us to engage in so how can we simmer not us not the fredericks but as couples listening to this yeah what are some simmering ideas to get couples thinking? I mean, like you said, I think it's going to take some time, but I think if you can identify some of the hindrances um, to, you know, engaging in sex, hmm. um, I think in this article he talks about how sometimes Erica being the parent and having to, you know, make all the decisions can be very fatiguing for her. And so if he can kind of serve her in that way, and, and that's not for everybody, you know, maybe he said, maybe your wife doesn't mind making decisions and would be offended if you didn't ask her opinion about what to bring home for dinner. And, um, you know, maybe kissing her kids goodnight puts her in the mood to connect with the father of those children that he says the key is to figure out what turns your spouse on and what mm-hmm. turns them off and then start to simmer accordingly. And so I think that just takes some time to, and probably some some misses, you know, like, whoops, mm. that, that didn't go how I was planned, but, uh, some failures. But I think if we just continue to keep coming to the table and saying, okay, what turns you on? What, what turns them off? How can I, um, hmm. serve and love my spouse in this way? And how can we engage in this? Not just in the 30 minute window that we might have later in the day or at night or whatever, but how can we engage in this, uh, that works for us and, um, is edifying to each other. So start by asking questions Yeah, and going to one another and saying, what can I do? And you can be this over uh, husband, wife. You can actually ask these questions and begin this dialogue uh, and actually stop and listen and ask more questions. Maybe set yourself a counter and say, I'm not going to say any answers until I've asked at least five questions. <laughs> Seriously, that's yeah. a, that's a viable tool and it's helpful for intercommunication or interpersonal communication. What can I do? to make to make simmering happen mm. what gets your heart going one of the things deborah um, Faleta talked about was uh, arousing a woman's heart is the first step in arousal is arousing your heart and, mm. and drawing it out it out of her and, and making her like heightening her senses her heart senses to her husband mm. and so you can ask those types of questions uh and then and this might sound overly mechanical. We're I'm okay with mechanical because you that's the beginnings of healthier habits many times. Is then begin to make a plan for how you're going to execute that thing. And in this example we've shared, they have a, a set day that's going to be their simmer day. Now, does that mean that they only have sex on that Friday? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that that Friday is more of an event. Mm. Right. And you might have maybe a practice run (laughs) on a Tuesday or something or whatever. And the point is by having that set in stone, now you actually have something you can wrap your, your hands, your arms around and Mm -hmm. say, okay, this, this is the day. And then gently remind one another that hey, this, I'm excited. I love you. I'm anticipating you. I'm peeking through the lattice, so to speak Mm, at the fruit (laughs) to be had. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm excited for that. And yeah. I'm, and, and you have to do it in a way that your spouse is going to feel loved because I can just picture that in our own, you know, if, if I'm always like, Hey, looking forward to tonight, I right. know. you start to feel like, Oh, great. Yeah. What's he expecting? Got to put out. Yeah. Going to have to put out. And that's something that I know is demoralizing for you. And so I have to be very ginger and like, Hey, I love you. And I, I, I'm desirous. Yeah. Of I you. mean, we have to, again, we have to take the time to figure it out because sometimes, yeah. What worked last week doesn't work this week. And oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. No, I think there's, I'm more consistent. I would like to believe. I think, I think you can help each other in that. Maybe yeah. don't be such a moving target. Yes, 
there there is a sense that the target is moving, but this takes two. Yeah. And both of you can engage in the simmering process. If one of you is just simmering, that's just a recipe for frustration. And go back to last week's episode, the modes <laughs> of sex. That's exactly what we talked about. If yeah. you're expecting a passionate mode and your spouse is completely not expecting anything, that's going to create some problems. Yeah. So make a plan. So ask questions. Step one, make a plan to, to step into the, the, the simmering activities Execute faithfully on that plan uh, and do that together. Do it together. And then here's the, the, the final step I'll say. Reevaluate. Yeah, after doing a couple weeks of this, reevaluate. Hey, is this working? How can we make this work better? How can you feel more loved? Okay, so this t- t- when I text you, that doesn't really help at all. That just makes you feel have to look at your phone and you hate looking at your phone you have a busy day all this kind of stuff mm. uh, can i can i Maybe write I can, you a note yeah leave you a note on the mirror in the morning or something yeah yeah and so th- that's up to you to brainstorm and think through this um it's a fun piece up to you it is up to you yeah and and it is going to take investment and that's the energy piece yeah is you can't expect the fire to burn you can't expect the pot to boil if you're not even willing to turn on the gas <laughs> and put some energy into it yeah and have some conversations and so on and so forth it's good so. it's a good couple's conversation challenge there Hmm. all right selena would you mind praying for us god thank you so much for uh creating sex how you did lord i pray that uh this idea of simmering would be one that is uh liberating to married christian couples i pray that you would give us um resilience as we step out and try new things uh that we wouldn't be hurt uh, or too vulnerable, that we would remind ourselves that we are in this covenant, we are safe and loved, uh, and that we are able to grow, and the growing will be good. And so I just pray that this uh, series on sex would just be a continual blessing and encouragement to our listeners, um, Mm. and bring people, uh, pastors, counselors in their lives, and into the struggles um, that many are facing. Uh, In your name, amen. 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 So as a reminder... This is actually a continuation of a, of a conversation. If you want to have a tool to go even further into this conversation, and to ha- we actually have a couple's uh, connection guide within Gospel-Centered Marriage, which is, again, our online learning platform for married couples. Everything is gospel-centered, and uh, you can get in there. We have a course with Gary and Deborah where we talked through this at length, and there's a seven-page discussion guide, connection guide that we created for you. You can have that if you sign up for gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Just go there and use this promo code to get 25% off. The promo code is SEXYTIME. Use it um, gladly, without shame, because God created sex and sexy time in married couples' lives is good. So we hope that blesses you. We hope you take us up on that. And uh, But that's it for now. So this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. So we'll see you again in about seven days. So until next time... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.